everyone. Welcome back to the Broncos Podcast Network and YouTube for the latest episode of The Snap. As always, I'm your host, Sydney Jones, and the Broncos are coming off their second win of the season as they're set to face the Kansas City Chiefs out in Power Field at Mile High this Sunday. So joining me here on today's episode to get us up to speed on the matchup is NFL on CBS sideline reporter Melanie Collins. Melanie, so appreciate you joining the show today. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, Sydney, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. I get to see you two weeks in a row. So I know. I know you've had a lot of the Broncos games so far this year. I think this will be your third one. We have. Yes, this is our third yeah. of the season and back to back. So looking right. forward to it. Not not so much looking forward to this weather forecast. Oh, my gosh. I can't even believe it. I think the high is like 29 right now and snowing. So good luck to you. <laughs> oh, I'm all, I'm ready to go. I've got my parka packed, my hand warmers. Good. We're good. So. Hopefully <laughs> we'll be okay on Sunday. Uh, well, it's crazy to think it's already a week eight, Melanie. I know the season honestly has gone by kind of fast, but arguably slow at the same time. Yeah, and I'm sure for you, covering the Broncos and sort of the way they've slowly been progressing this season, I'm sure it's felt slower for you, but... Um... Gosh, it feels like I blinked and it's week eight. Like we are almost halfway through the NFL season. It's I remarkable. I feel like it was week one yesterday when I was flying to LA to cover a Chargers game. So, and I say this every year, it's like, we get halfway through the season. I'm like, there's no way we're like in November already. There's just right. no way. And, then November and I'm like, how is it week 13 already or 14? And it just, I feel like it always flies by. So yeah, it's hard to it's been a blast. So yeah. you're just so busy. You don't really even realize the time's flying by. Yeah, you sort of get into a grind and then you're on these like, you know, you're in your routine every week where like you're doing the same thing on the same days each week and it's just kind of like Groundhog Day and for you sure. just away before you know it, it's February and the Super Bowl is happening. So. Well, I'm glad it's flying by for you so far, Melanie. How has the season just overall been? It has been awesome. We've had some really good matchups. Um, we've had a lot of teams that we love to cover. You and I, before, before we started, we were just talking about the Dolphins and we've had a lot of the Dolphins. And they're just such a fun team to watch, to cover. They have Mike McDaniel, and he is just the quirkiest, most interesting man in the world. <laughs> so we had a ton of fun with him. We've had, I think, three Dolphins games at this point. And so this will be our third Broncos game. And, of course, always fun covering the Broncos as well. Sean Payton is always interesting and always a treat. So um, the season's been going great. I, I still can't believe it's already week eight. And I'm happy to say that this is our first cold-weather game. So yeah, Oh, gosh. You made it this far in the season. You're, you're pretty lucky. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm excited you've had so many Broncos games because that means I get to see you. You know, looking at this matchup, Melanie, I know you've had some production meetings already with the team. So in terms of the Broncos, who have you talked to? And, you know, what are the conversations kind of been around? Yeah, so we talked to Sean Payton. We talked to Russ. Um, was able to talk to Julia McLaughlin yesterday. Who was such sweetheart. a treat. I know. <laughs> So oh, sweet. And what an incredible story he has. Um, we talked to Alex Singleton and that was this week. Um, and they all kind of had a positive outlook. Like Sean Payton said, look, after the last Chiefs game, I was disappointed, but not discouraged. And that's kind of been the outlook that they've all had. They feel like they're trending up um, on both sides of the ball in all three phases. And this is such a unique situation playing the same team you know, twice in the span of less than three weeks. And so I think both teams have had an opportunity to really go back and look at what they did well in that game and look at what they didn't do so well and, and kind of make adjustments. Um, and I think the Broncos in that first game against the chiefs did some things really well. They got the run game going like such a dynamic rushing attack that they have with Javante and Jaleel and Samaje and, um, yeah. and the defense really stepped up. I think they held the chiefs to one for five in the red zone, which is yeah. remarkable. 
Um, so they, they really looked good in that game. They did a lot of good things. And um, I think for the Broncos, like there's going to be a few keys <laughs> this time around. For one, they need to stop settling for field goals in the red zone, especially against the Chiefs. You know, you got to put, put points on the board in order to beat them. Um, I think one of the, the fun matchups to watch will be the Broncos offensive line against the Chiefs defensive line and that front seven, because, you know, the, the Broncos offensive line, I don't think allowed a sack last week. And now you've got Chris Jones on the other side. And Russ told us he's like, he's like, he's like going up against Shaq on defense with the way he's back. <laughs> passes and we know Russ isn't the tallest guy in the world right um the Chiefs I think are leading the league over the last three years and batted down passes they have like 52 so that's something to watch for in this game um I know Chris had a couple against Russ the last time around and then Travis Kelsey is just always the x factor um it was interesting listening to Sean Payton he was talking about the most important key for this game is going to be defending what he called the second act which is like when Patrick Mahomes goes through his progressions and the play breaks down. Mm. They go into the mode of like backyard football where they're almost even better after the play breaks down. Yeah. 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 And Travis Kelsey just, he's such a unique player and that like, he can always find the open space. And it's like he and Patrick have this telepathy where like they, he just knows where, where Travis is going to be and they he always finds him. So it's crazy how they read each other's minds. Yeah, I think that's going to be um, a big key in this game. But I think all around, the, the team overall just sounded positive. And, and Russ is just like, he's remarkable to talk to because he's just never down. And he's like, one thing I'm not is down, you know, and he has such a great perspective. And he's just always, you know, grateful and comes from a really positive mindset. Um, so he's just always, always fun to talk to. And I think that really trickles down through the team. And um, yeah, everyone just felt really positive after that last game. They were like, look, it wasn't perfect, but it was really important to get that first one at home. And they're hoping to kind of ride that momentum here. So, yeah, we'll I, yes, we will see. I know it has been great to see how positive this team has, you know, the mindset is this week, given the fact that the Broncos are on a 16 game losing streak to the chiefs at this point, Melanie, I, I know you, like we've mentioned, you were at last week's game. So what did you, I guess, see from Russell Wilson in this offense that you really hope to see them build off of this week as they hope to break that streak versus the Chiefs? Yeah, they did a lot of things well. I think the Russ to Cortland Sutton um, relationship there is great. He That's kind of his safety net in Court Sutton. Um, felt yeah. like they ran the ball really well again last week. Um, again, they kind of were their own worst enemy in the red zone a couple of times. They left some points on the board, um, but it felt like the offense was able to get into a little bit more of a rhythm. They were a little bit more balanced. Um, I think they can definitely build on that. And yeah, it's it's not going to be an easy task against this Chiefs defense and, and how good they are. But um, yeah, I felt like, you know, the defense had another great week and um, sealed the game with that interception from Locke. So I, I felt like the Broncos did a lot of things well, um, and I know they're, they're hoping to avoid losing 17 in a row to the Chiefs. Here's an interesting stat that Sean Payton told us yesterday that really stood out. Mm. Um, so the Chiefs go to Europe next week to play in Germany, okay. and it tends to be a bit of a distraction for the away teams. So away teams, the week before they go to Europe, are 5-15 and 15 on the road. Wow. Interesting. So the Europe trip becomes a distraction. You're, you're worried yeah. you know, you're thinking about that next week because they're leaving, you know, probably earlier in the week than they're used to. They're worried about family getting enough tickets, who's traveling where, you know, what sites they're going to see with their significant other while they're over there. And I couldn't believe that stat when he said it. Five and 15 are 
before they head to Germany. So something to keep an eye on that could work in the Broncos favor. On Oh yeah. What a great stat from coach. I love that. Yeah. We were like, okay, we got to, we had, let me write that down. Yeah, It's correct. But yeah, it's, it's quite a quite remarkable stat. So yeah. Sean Payton always has something up his sleeve in our meetings. He really does. (laughs) Melanie, you mentioned Chris Jones earlier, you know, Broncos offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi, he talked this week and he said, you know, it's kind of unusual to put a jersey on your scout team for an interior defensive lineman, of course, referring to him, one of the stars on that defense. But it's been so interesting because, of course, there's always so much talk around Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. But the Chiefs defense right now is one of the best units that team has seen in recent years, which is honestly really scary to even think about. <laughs> it is so scary. And Chris Jones um, was so interesting talking about it. We asked him if he felt like, you know, with especially with the whole Taylor Swift thing going on right now. Yeah. <laughs> Offense gets all the love. Right. And, um, but the defense is playing at such a high level. And he said, we really don't care who gets the focus. And he was like, we sincerely feel like this is the best defense we've had in a really long time. Um, he said, we're kind of the stepchild and we have that chip on our shoulders as a defense, which I think just helps them to play better. Um They've got a couple of great veterans that lead the way. And then some young guys like George Karloftis that they're sort of bringing along. And um, yeah, it's Chris Jones is remarkable. He's such a versatile player. And um, it it was funny. uh, Steve Spagnuolo told Trent that sometimes they'll break the huddle and they still don't even know where Chris will line up until he goes to the line. And Chris was like, that's not true. Like, don't let him fool you. I don't have that much freedom. Um, Amazing. That's so funny. Gosh, Chris Jones is remarkable, and 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 Russ couldn't say enough good things about him too. Just he's like going up against him. It's just like he's the he's my biggest issue on defense because he's like Shaq out there, and he's so tall, and I just know he's going to try and bat down my passes, and he's so good at getting after the quarterback. So yeah, the Chiefs are very. <laughs> you mentioned Taylor Swift. I don't know if she'll be coming to the game or not. Curious to see. Curious to see if she does. It's going to be a cold one, so I don't blame her if she doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, we were kind of thinking the same thing. I asked Travis flat out. What oh, was did he you? <laughs> and said, I don't think she'll be there. So oh, we're taking fine. probably not. Um, just being in a away game, not being in prime time and being cold. We're just kind of assuming she will not be there. But it was funny talking to Chris Jones. I asked him, I said, you know, what do you think of all this Taylor Swift stuff? And he was like, what do you mean? I'm a Swifty. Like I love Taylor Swift. And he said the team has been like randomly blasting Taylor Swift music in the locker room just to mess with Travis. <laughs> so funny. He's like, well, this, and he starts going, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. And he's singing to us on the call. Like, oh my gosh, it was so, so funny. But yeah, he's a, uh, he's a Swifty. The whole team's loving it. Even Andy Reid was like, I'm a Swifty. Look how Travis plays when she's around. Yeah, like, she's oh my gosh. Around once and I guess Travis and Patrick are working on like a, you know a special handshake this week because we saw the one from Taylor and Brittany Mahomes in the in the box last week and they're like we need to one off of them so something to look out for on Sunday we might see the debut of the Mahomes Kelsey handshake love it so much well Melanie can't thank you enough for your insight on the matchup before you go I do want to switch gears for a few minutes here you know as many of my listeners know here on the snap one of my main goals is to highlight women's impact in and around the NFL so want to ask you about your career you know for many of my listeners who might not know what is your role with CBS just entail yeah so I am considered an NFL side and reporter for CBS this is my sixth season on the NFL I did a few years of college football before that um, I'm on the three crew. So Trent Green and Kevin Harlan are my guys up in the booth and we've been together. This is our 
fourth season, I believe, together. Um, my first two were with Greg Gumbel and Trent Green. So um, the play-by-plays moved around a little bit, but they're an amazing crew, an amazing team. Um, and basically, it's just my job to be the eyes and ears on the sideline every Sunday and and try and give viewers at home a, a picture and um, an image of maybe what they can't see necessarily just watching the broadcast. Um, so I keep an eye on, you know, my main things are injuries and um, what's going on in the sidelines and what's being said. And it's not, I can't really um, say exactly what I'm hearing from coaches and players, but I can kind of paraphrase and, um, you know, let people at home know the vibe um, down on the sideline. And, um, and it's my job to just tell stories and sort of let people know who these guys are maybe off the field and away from, away from football, because so many of them, have such incredible stories of where they come from and some of the things that they're involved in. And um, so it's my job just to kind of highlight more of the human side of these guys, which is my favorite part about it. I love to tell their stories um, and just kind of highlight some of the great things that they're doing off the field. And yeah, that's, that's kind of the the main gist of my role. Um, just talking to players and coaches during the week and getting the, the, you know, pulse of each team leading up to the games. And then on Sunday we kick off and it's funny because I do so much preparation during the week for these games and then Sunday it kicks off and something happens and we're like, well, all that's out the window or, you know, that's <laughs> throw away all the notes. Yeah. yeah. It's just so funny. It's a, you can prepare, you know, for days and days and days and then you get to Sunday and it's like, well, none of that actually ended up happening. And now we're just, you know, working on our thinking on our feet. And that's a lot of what the job is, is just sort of thinking on your feet and reacting to what's happening in the game. So it's a lot of fun. It's never boring. That's for sure. Um, and Sunday, especially with, with snow in the forecast is no. not going to be boring. It looks like we'll, we'll get anywhere of, you know, up to like one to two inches in the morning is what they're saying right now. I feel like it changes every hour. Um, but yeah, it looks like by game time, hopefully the snow won't really be a factor and you know, that feels heated. And so yeah. It'll be fun. I'm excited. Melanie, I know you said your favorite part of this role is showing the personal side of these players, you know, who they are off the field. So it makes me think, you know, what is the most challenging part of your role as well? That's a great question. Um, I would say there are a few things. Number one, um, I think just mentally the most challenging part for me is, is that so much of what I do and prepare is never used. So <laughs> as reporter it's something that you kind of have to get used to is like you're going to do all this work and you're going to come up with 20 amazing stories for that game and you'll be lucky if you get two or three of them in mm -hmm. um so it just feels like you end up using five to ten percent of what you come up with um and it's all such great stuff and you're just like dying to tell these stories but um I would say that's kind of one of the hardest parts just for me is like I feel like so much of it goes not to waste but you know it's just like ah it just kind of gets lost in the abyss um and then in terms of like the actual role on Sundays I think the hardest part is covering not your typical like sprained ankle injuries but sort of the more catastrophic injuries um I had the game in Washington when Alex Smith went down with his injury oh, and wow. it was my you're on the NFL and it's your job to be the eyes and ears. Um, and so I remember following him into the tunnel and I could just hear, you know, the sounds that were coming out of his mouth and what was happening. But I also knew that as the sideline reporter, there was a really good chance that his family was watching at home. And the first report that they hear about their father and husband is going to be from me. Um, and so you just really have to kind of toe that line of like, how do I tell everyone what's happening with this player um, with the right 
sensitivity and the right tone. Um, but also knowing that that's his family at home, you know, wanting to know what's happening with him. So I think that's probably one of the hardest things. And, and thankfully those types of injuries don't happen often in the game. Um, but when they do, you kind of go into that mode and it's always, um, it's always chaotic and it's always stressful and, and sad. And, um, so yeah, I, I would say kind of navigating those catastrophic injuries is, is one of the harder parts of the game. And then in terms of just like the hits that you're doing, I think the halftime hit for the sideline reporter is probably the hardest hit because you're, you're walking off with one coach. And this is for our broadcast in particular, where we're not doing the live um, interview with the coach, you know, right before the half or whatever. So I'm walking off with one coach and I'm jotting down what he's telling me that he wants to adjust for the second half. And then I'm walking back on with the other coach and jotting down what he wants to adjust for the second half. And I've got about 30 seconds to formulate that report in my head and remember <laughs> everything that both coaches told me before Kevin throws it down to me and says, all right, Mel, what'd you get from the coaches? <laughs> and I've got to blah for 30 seconds about what they told me. So it's that quick turnaround where you're kind of like, okay, what did both coaches tell me? What order am I saying this in? And it's like a regurgitation of it. So I think that's probably the hardest hit of the day or of the game um, for the silent reporter. But yeah, I would say those, those things are kind of the most challenging parts of the day or, or parts of the job. Well, I know you said earlier that you did college football before moving on to the NFL. So for some of our viewers at home, can you kind of walk me through the path that you took to get to this job where you are today? Sure. So I grew up in State College, Pennsylvania, where Penn State University is, and that's where I went to school. Um, and so I grew up in a college football town. It was in my blood. I was going to Penn State games, you know, when I was in a diaper, when I was a super right. young girl. And um, I went to school at Penn State. And so I just grew up with like big college football school in my blood. And I always loved it. And I always knew I wanted to be a part of it in some way. Um, and so I got an internship my junior year with Big Ten Network, and they ended up being the network that hired me out of school to be the Penn State beat reporter that fall after I graduated, uh, which was an incredible experience. And then I immediately took a job um, in Atlanta with Turner Broadcasting that December to cover the NBA. Um, so I moved to Atlanta and I did that for a year. And then I ended up missing football so much. That's just my sport. So I went back to Big Ten Network and did... Um, a show for them called Friday Night Tailgate, I believe it was called, and kind of bounced around after that. I went to Yahoo Sports out in California, and they sent me to the Olympics and the Super Bowl and the World Cup in Brazil and just got such, you know, such a world experience with them. Um, and then I was hired by Golf Channel back in 2013 to host Big Break, which is like an old reality show that's no longer on the air, but it was such a blast, probably one of my favorite things I've ever done. Um, and it's while I was doing that, I was filling in at ESPN on Sports Nation and First Take, and I was still with Yahoo Sports at that time. So I was kind of doing all three things. Mm -hmm. um, and then CBS hired me as a college football sideline reporter in 2013. And each year they would kind of give me a little bit more on my plate. So I think I had eight games the first year and then 13 the next year. And, um, and then in 2018, after four seasons on college football, they, or maybe it was five seasons, they promoted me to NFL um full-time on the NFL and that was like a dream come true for me because that was always what I wanted yeah. and kind of left all the other stuff and um focused full-time on NFL side of reporting and now I'm in my sixth year so it's it's been a journey for sure um a lot of roads that I didn't expect to go down but they all led me back to kind of where I wanted to be so um that's and it. you've been crushing it crushing it ever since I said and you've been crushing it crushing it ever since 
girl. I appreciate it. I, I love it. I think that helps too. It's just like genuinely loving what you do and just being grateful um, to be here. So thank you. I, I appreciate it. I love my job. It's a blast. Good. Yeah. Well, last one here, Melanie, to kick off the rest of the episode. You know, I just like to end these episodes inspiring the younger generation. So what's one piece of advice you'd give someone looking to get into this industry, really, no matter what area of it they want to work in? Absolutely. My biggest piece of advice, especially if you're just starting out or you're still in college, it would just be to get all the experience that you can um, say yes to any opportunity, even if you know, you think you want to be an NFL sideline reporter and you get offered a job pulling cables for a soccer game, you know, just saying yes to that and getting that experience, because I think everything that you say yes to adds to your resume in some way and gets you gets you experience in some way, even if it's not exactly what you want to be doing right off the bat. Um, so saying yes to opportunities and um I would say just be yourself. We're, we're in such a, a cool place in society now where I think people are looking for diversity and people who are different and, you know, bring something unique to the table. And you don't have to. I know it's great to have people that you look up to in the business and, um, you know, people that you try to emulate and, and all that. But I think it's really important to forge your own path and not try and, you know, be like anyone else that you've been watching on TV and that you think, you know, it's great when other people have successful paths, but um, it's it's so important to forge your own and, and bring your own uniqueness to the table. And that's ultimately what's going to give you um, the most success in the end. I love that. Great way to finish the episode. Melanie, I so I so appreciate you joining the show today. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Sydney. Anytime. Thank you for having me. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode of The Snap. Broncos Country, thanks so much for tuning in. And thank you again to our guest, Melanie Collins, for joining the show. Hope to see you all at Empower Field at Mile High for the game this Sunday. But if not, meet you right back here on Monday following the game.